0: everyone to our program, Preparing Our Hearts for Worship. I'm Linda. And this is Glenn. We're delighted to have you with us today in our studio. Renovation is taking place here on the walls of Faith Productions recording with the replacement of acoustic tiles in the studio.
1: And these blue and black uh, tiles look so much better than the the old gray ones that we had in here.
0: And it sounds nice and quiet, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, the sound is almost deafening. (laughs) Uh,
0: I see you are doing a major rewiring.
1: Yeah, the wiring adjustment will help us to have better access to our instrumentation and let us have quicker access to the equipment, making for a more efficient recording session, too.
0: Are we doing a song this week that we've done on the program before?
1: Yes, we are. We're revisiting an old-time invitation to him, with Vivian taking part in it in Forgiven.
0: Softly and Tenderly was written back in 1880 by Will Thompson.
1: It was truly a wonderful, heart-wrenching song, portraying our Savior's heartbroken and longing to see His creation turn to Him and simply trust Him.
0: The melody moves the heart to listen to the pleading and loving heart of Jesus. Softly
1: and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me.
0: Come home, come home. Ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, O sinner, come home.
1: Why should we tarry when Jesus is pleading, pleading for you and for me? why should we linger and heed not his mercies mercies for you and for me
0: oh for the wonderful love he has promised promised for you and for me though we have sinned he has mercy and pardon pardon for you and for me
1: earnestly tenderly jesus is calling calling O sinner come home
0: now let's listen to forgiven do this song
2: (laughs) Thank you.
0: which was originally known as Softly and Tenderly, Jesus' Calling, is the classic invitation hymn from the 19th century. The text was written and the tune was composed by Will Thompson, who was a composer of gospel, secular, and patriotic songs. This is a song which reminds us that we are saved by responding to the call of Jesus in the gospel to repent.
1: Will Thompson was born in East Liverpool, Ohio, on November the 7th 1847 his father Joshua Thompson was a member of the Ohio state legislature for two terms he was educated at Mount Union College in Alliance Ohio and Boston Massachusetts conservatory of music and later in germany his chief ambition was to write music for the, for the people and his and in his endeavor He became really good at it. His first song was composed in 1863 when he was just 16. After growing up in the Christian church, Thompson uh, became the music director for the Methodist church and later became a Presbyterian in 1891 when he remarried after the death of his first wife.
0: As a young man, Thompson sent a package of four songs to a publisher asking payment of $100 for the package of four. The publisher responded with a counteroffer of $25, which Thompson declined. $100 in 1875 was the equivalent of $1,800 in 2007. When he couldn't get what he considered to be a fair price for his music, Thompson decided to go into business for himself. He started a music store in East Liverpool in association with his father's business and another outlet in Chicago. Then he went into the mail-order business, selling sheet music and music books. Thomas Edison didn't invent the phonograph until 1877.
1: Thompson turned out to have a considerable business knowledge, in part due to his father's influence and in part due to his undergraduate business degree. He marketed his music in part by sending copies to various musical shows, which was popular at the time. And he may have paid some of them to sing his music, which was a legitimate form of ad- advertising then. He quickly became successful and was well known as a billionaire broad of Ohio, terrific composer, He wrote one of the most popular songs, Gathering Seashells on the Seashore in 10 Minutes, and it sold 246,000 copies.
0: Even though he became quite rich, Thompson continued to live a life of service. He supported various civic and religious activities generously. He was also aware of the fact that small-town people have very little exposure to good music, so he loaded a piano on a horse-drawn wagon and went through a small Ohio towns giving concerts of his music.
1: However, after a very successful career writing secular and patriotic music, at age 40, Thompson turned to composing sacred songs and established the Will L. Thompson Company, a profitable music publishing firm with offices both in East Liverpool and in Chicago Illinois. Other well-known hymns by Thompson included, Lead Me Gently Home, Father, And There's a Great Day Coming, And Jesus Is All the World to Me. In Chicago, he became a personal friend of revivalist evangelist Dwight Moody and his chief song directors, Ira David. Sankey, softly and tenderly, was sued and widely used as an invitation song in the great evangelistic campaigns conducted by Moody and Sankey in both the United States and in Great Britain.
0: hymnologist Ernest Amiran told a story associated with this hymn. When the world-renowned lay preacher Dwight Moody lay on his deathbed in his Northfield, Massachusetts home, Will Thompson made a special visit to inquire as to his condition. The attending physician refused to admit him to the sick room, and Moody heard them talking just outside the bedroom door. Recognizing Thompson's voice, he called for him to come to his bedside. Taking the Ohio poet-composer by the hand, the dying evangelist said, Will, I would rather have written softly and tenderly Jesus' calling than anything I have been able to do in my whole life.
1: Undoubtedly, many people grew up in revival tradition that included an extended invitation hymn, a congregational hymn at the conclusion of the service that focused on those who to attending who may be called by the Holy Spirit to make either a profession of faith or recommitment of one's life. In service of this nature, the dedication of the everything points to the sermon in this time of devotion.
0: The Reverend Carlton R. Young notes this is a typical lullaby in the gospel hymn tradition that characterizes Jesus as a mother gently rocking and comforting a child. This attribute contributes to the continuing popularity of this genre of religious song that presents Jesus as waiting, caring, and forgiving and intimate and for many compelling metaphors.
1: Perhaps Revelation 3.20 captures the spirit of the hymn, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into to him and will sup with him and he with me. This patient, Jesus, stands on the portals, waiting and watching, waiting for you and me.
0: The second stanza takes a different approach. How can we reject the pleading one who offers pardon? The third stanza increases in urgency. Time is now fleeting. The moments are passing. Shadows are gathering. Deathbeds are coming. The final stanza returns to the theme of Jesus, who offers mercy and pardon for the sinner.
1: The genius of the gospel song is usually found in the refrain, and this one is no exception. The refrain extends the invitation to come home four times in the melody and an additional two times in accompanying lower voices.
0: Interestingly, though, softly and tenderly is the classic invitation hymn in the revival tradition. The invitation to come home may also be seen as the invitation to join jesus in heaven indeed two examples attest to this this hymn was used during the memorial service for assassinated civil rights leader martin luther jr at ebenezer baptist church in atlanta on april the 8th 1968 it was also a recurring song in the trip to bountiful an oscar winning movie about an older woman in the 1940s who wants to return one last time to her girlhood hometown of Bountiful.
1: Known for his ability to never forget a tune or a text that he had in his mind, Thompson is quoted as saying, No matter where I am, at home or hotel, at the store or traveling, if an idea or theme comes to me that I deem worthy of a song, I jot it down in verse. In this way, I never lose it. And at the end of a life, Thompson was in Europe with his family, but he fell ill, and he was forced to return home early. A few weeks after he returned home in 1909, Thompson passed away in Ohio.
0: No one knows the day of Jesus' return. We read in Mark 13, 32-37, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch, and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, and to each his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning. Least succumbing suddenly, he finds you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch.
1: Yet you see the we are told in Luke 21, 34-38, about the importance of watching. Reading it says, But take heed yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day come to you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on those who dwell on the face of the earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to, to escape all those things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. And in the daytime. He was teaching in the temple but at night he went out and he went out and stayed on the mountain called Olivetti. Then early in the morning all the people came to him in the temple to hear him.
0: Again in Matthew 24 36 through 25 and 46 it says that no one knows the day or hour but of the day and hour no one knows not even the angels of heaven but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left,
1: Continuing on in the scripture, we're giving an example of the faithful servant and the evil servant. Who then is faithful and wise servant who his master made ruler over his household to give him to give them food in due season? Blessed is the servant who his master when he comes will find doing so. Assuredly, I say you that he may make him ruler. Over all his goods, but the evil servant says in his heart, "My master is delaying his coming," and beginning to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards. Master of that servant will come on that day when he's not looking for him, and in that hour he's not aware of, and will cut him in two and appoint him his and appoint his portion. With the hypocrites, there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth.
0: We also have the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. Matthew 25, 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins, who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise, and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps, and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept, and at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there be should not be enough for us and you,
1: We continue to look at passages about watching for his coming with the parable of talents, beginning in verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a four-count country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another he gave one, and to each one his own ability. Immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received five talents went and traded them and made another five talents. And likewise, the one who had received two talents, two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid the Lord's money. Long after, uh, a long time after the Lord came, those servants came and, and settled accounts with him. So he who had five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents, and look, I've gained five more talents besides those. And the Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servants. You were faithful over a few things, and I'll make you faithful now over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who received two talents came and said, Lord, You delivered me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servants. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who received one talent came and said, Look, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid the talents in the ground. Look there, see? You have what is yours. But the Lord answered him and said, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I weep where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have depositioned my, depositioned my money with the bankers. And At my coming, I would at least have received my own interest. So take that talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has more will be given. And he who has abundance, but from him who does not have, even that which he has will be taken away. And cast the the unprofitable servant into darkness. There will be weeping gnashing of teeth.
0: As we continue to read, we see that Jesus, the Son of Man, will judge the nations. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And He will set the sheep on His right hand, but the goats on the left. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you as a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these brothers, brethren, you did it to me.
1: Continue in verse 41. Then he will also say to those on his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when, when did we see you hungrier, thirstier, a stranger, naked, a sick person in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, insomuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life.
0: Friends, this might be the last chance you have to accept Christ. Please listen now, because it is of the utmost importance. This is urgent. It should stir hearts and compel us to examine our lives with the utmost seriousness. If you are watching the events taking place in our world and have read the scriptures, you should know that the time to accept Christ is at hand. We often think we have endless time. But in truth, our opportunity to embrace the gift of salvation is limited. Let us reflect on the urgency and significance of this.
1: You know, there's uncertainty of life, and it's always been a factor that we had to consider for each of us. Life is fragile, unpredictable gift. The Bible reminds us in James 4.14, what is your life? You are a midst that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Our days on the earth are limited, and we cannot predict when our last day will come. This uncertainty must prompt us to consider our eternal destiny today.
0: But we have this opportunity of grace. God's grace and offer of salvation are extended to us throughout our lives. However, we must remember that we are not guaranteed tomorrow. In 2 Corinthians 6.2, the Apostle Paul tells us, Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. This verse emphasizes the urgency of accepting Christ today. For we do not know what tomorrow holds.
1: And there are also the consequence of delaying. Delaying our decision to follow Christ can have eternal consequences. Procrastination can lead to missed opportunities, hardened hearts, and the risk facing eternity, eternity separated from God. We must not underestimate the significance of our choices regarding Christ.
0: There is such a great hope in accepting Christ. Accepting Christ is not merely about avoiding the consequences of rejecting Him. It is about embracing a relationship with our Creator, finding forgiveness, experiences of love, and living with the assurance of eternal life. John 3.16 reminds us, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life.
1: If we recognize the urgency of accepting Christ, it's crucial that we take action. Today, if you've not accepted Christ, don't let this moment pass you by. If you've wondered what you'd from your faith, return to him. If you're a believer, consider those in your life who have not accepted Christ and share the good news with them.
0: This could be the last chance to accept Christ. Let us not take our eternal destiny lightly. Let us respond to God's grace today, for it is a precious gift. Remember, the future is uncertain, but our faith in Christ can be the anchor that gives our life purpose, meaning, and the promise of eternal joy. Do not let this opportunity slip away. You can come to Christ now, for today is the day of salvation.
1: Now let's take a look at the signs of the second coming of Christ. Let's turn to the Word of God for guidance and hope. Let's delve into ten key signs that the Bible provides reminding us to be vigilant, prepared, filled with anticipation.
0: There will be an increase in lawlessness, as we read in Matthew 24, 12. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold, and what a cold, cruel world we live in today.
1: There will be wars and rumors of wars we read in Matthew twenty four, six and seven. And you will hear wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed for this must take place, but the end is not yet.
0: There will be natural disasters in Luke twenty one eleven. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places, famines and pestilences, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. Those that follow natural geology of the earth tell us that the stresses built up in the earth across the world are about to pop with the worst earthquakes ever. We have famine across the world in many places, and scientists tell us we are on the verge of a great food uh, shortage. We are seeing diseases like COVID and warned of many more to come. We are on alert for large asteroids that could hit our earth. And science says it's not a matter of if, but when one will strike.
1: There is persecution of, of believers found in Matthew 24, 9. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation. Put you to death, and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake.
0: We see false prophets, preachers, and deceivers. Matthew twenty-four twenty-four, For false Christ and false prophets will arise and, po- and perform great signs and wonders, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect.
1: There will be a great falling away. There is a great falling away of Bible teaching, apostasy within the church. Second Timothy 4, 3 and 4 says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will uh, 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 accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions.
0: The gospel is being preached worldwide. In Matthew 24, 14, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come with the internet and television everywhere this is happening in our lifetime
1: the, there is already a restoration of of israel in ezekiel 37 21 it reads but say it to them thus says the lord god behold I will take the people of Israel from the nations among which they have gone, and will gather them from all around and bring them to their own land. And this is happening in Israel already.
0: There is increased knowledge and in travel in Daniel 12:4. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Never before has the world had access to so much knowledge via the internet. Indeed knowledge is available to everyone.
1: The Great Tribulation scriptures are in Matthew uh, that are in Matthew twenty four twenty one says for then there will be great tribulation such as not been from the beginning of the world until now. No, and never will be. Now while we're not in the great tribulation right now, We see methods and manners of carrying it out and and making it happen appearing to us every day.
0: The signs of the second coming of Christ are all around us as foretold in the scriptures. We need to remain steadfast in our faith, living a life that honors God, and spreading the message of salvation through Christ to all as we eagerly await his return. Let us find comfort in his promise to be with us always. And may our hearts be filled with hope and expectation.
1: And what are we expecting? We're expecting heaven and the coming of Jesus. Now what's heaven going to be like? And what can we expect when we reach our eternal home? The Bible provides us with a glimpse. And today we're going to seek to understand the beauty and wonder what awaits us in god's presence the promise of heaven as a place of eternal joy fellowship with god revelation 21 4 says he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be more no more neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away heaven is a place of perfect peace and healing free from suffering and sorrow
0: there will be glorious worship in heaven in revelations 4 8 through 11 says day and night they never cease to say holy 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 is the lord god almighty who was and is and is to come heaven is a place of ceaseless worship and adoration of god's glory
1: we're going to have the joy of reunion in heaven. First Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17 he said, For the Lord himself will descend down from heaven with a cry of command with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead of Christ will rise first and re- and the reunion with loved ones who have gone before us and the ultimate is the ultimate family gathering
0: there will be an eternal feast in heaven oh boy revelations nineteen nine, and the angel said to me write this blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the lamb and he said to me these are the true words of God heaven as a place of spiritual feasting and celebration in the presence of the lamb
1: Oh, the beauty and splendor of heaven. Revelation twenty one eighteen to 21 says, The wall was built of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear gla- glass. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, and each of the gates made a single pearl. And the streets of the city was pure gold, transparent as glass. Heaven is a Place of incredible beauty and splendor beyond human imagination.
0: In heaven, there will be no sin or evil. Praise God. Revelations twenty one twenty seven says, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Heaven is a place of perfect holiness, where sin and evil have no place.
1: What hope and anticipation is ours? The glimpse we've seen in the scriptures reveal a place of eternal joy, perfect peace, and the presence of a living God. We can live with the eternal perspective, knowing that our citizenship is in heaven. Philippians 3.20 says, In the midst of life's challenge, let the hope of the heavens sustain us. And may it inspire us to share the good news with others so they can too experience the glory of God's eternal kingdom.
0: We'll be in the presence of God. Revelations 22.4 says, They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. The most glorious aspect of heaven is the presence of God himself. In heaven we will enjoy unbroken communion, with the Creator of the Universe
1: eternal life is ours in heaven first corinthians 15, four, 53 says when for for the perishable body you must be put on must put on the unperishable, and the mortal body must put on immorality. Heaven offers us a gift of eternal life where we will never experience death or decay.
0: We'll have a dwelling place there, a place to call our own. John fourteen two says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you, for us, a place in heaven Jesus has prepared for each one of us where we will dwell in eternal peace and comfort.
1: We will reign with Christ in heaven. Revelations 22, 5 says, and night will be no more, and they will need no lamp or sun, and the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Heaven. heaven includes the privilege of reigning with Christ and sharing in his glory and authority.
0: The River of Life, Revelations 22 1. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Heaven features the river of life, which symbolizes eternal refreshment and sustenance from God Himself.
1: The city, the city of God is there. Hebrews 11.10 says, For He was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designers and builders is God. Heaven is often described as a heavenly city. Where God is the architect and builder ensuing a, in ensuring a place of of permanence and stability
0: the wonders of heaven are beyond human comprehension it is a place of eternal joy perfect peace and the presence of our loving God we anticipate the day when we will dwell with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the splendor of his heavenly kingdom As we live for Christ, we know that our citizenship is in heaven, and that motivates us to share the good news with others, so they too can experience the glory of God's eternal kingdom. As we eagerly await that day, let us be filled with hope and anticipation, for heaven is a reality that surpasses our greatest expectations.
1: We have perfect relationships in heaven. 1 Corinthians 13 12 says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I'll know fully, even as I've been fully known. In heaven, we'll have perfect relationships with each other, free from misunderstandings, conflicts, and divisions.
0: There will be no pain or suffering in heaven. Revelations 21.4 He will wipe away every tear from their eye, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. In heaven, pain and suffering will be completely eliminated, and we will experience eternal joy and comfort.
1: We'll have perfect knowledge and understanding. 1 Corinthians 13.12 for now we see in a mirror dimly, but face to face. Now I know in part, then I know fully, even as I have been known, fully known. In heaven, we'll have that perfect knowledge and understand, fully comprehending God's wisdom and, and, and the mysteries of his creation. Of course, we'll not know everything that God knows and will be forever learning what a joy
0: the continuation of learning and growth in 1st Corinthians 13:8 it says love never ends as for prophecies they will pass away as for tongues they will cease as for knowledge it will pass away heaven does not mean stagnation but the continuation of growth learning and an ever deepening relationship with god
1: We won't need the sun or moon in heaven. Revelation 21-23 says in the city had no need for sun and moon to shine on it and the glory of God gives the light and the lamp is the lamb. In heaven the presence of God provides eternal light symbolizing his divine illumination that banishes darkness.
0: Heaven is a place of eternal rejoicing and celebration. Revelations twenty one three three four, 4 Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. In heaven we will experience constant rejoicing and celebration in the presence of the Almighty, our Creator.
1: We will share in the fullness of God's love. 1 John 3 says beloved we are God's children now and what we will be has not yet appeared but we know that when he appears we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is in heaven will experience the fullness of God's love and be transformed into the likeness of Christ
0: God has given us. Heaven is a place of perfect love, eternal joy in the presence of God himself. Let this knowledge inspire us to live our lives in a manner that reflects the hope and expectation of heaven and may it lead to share the good news of Christ so that others may join in the glory of God's eternal kingdom. In heaven we will experience the fullness Of God's love and enjoy perfect peace
1: perfect unity and harmony Ephesians 4 3 says for eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace in heaven there'll be perfect unity and harmony among all the inhabitants as we are all united in Christ
0: we will have the joy of serving God Revelations 22:3 says, "No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. In heaven we will find fulfillment and joy in serving God and worshiping Him without distraction or hindrance."
1: There be an absence of time and its elimination and its limitations. Second Peter 3:8. But do not overlook this fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is this one day. In heaven time, and limitations that we know them on earth will cease to exist, allowing us to dwell in the presence of God for eternity.
0: There will be the splendor of the new Jerusalem. Revelations 21, 10-11 And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great high mountain, and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. Heaven includes the breathtaking new Jerusalem, a city of divine radiance and splendor that will be our eternal home.
1: There'll be peaceful sounds in heaven, Revelation 14.2 says. And I heard a voice from heaven like a roar of many waters, like the sound of loud thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of a harpist playing on their harps. In heaven, we will be surrounded by peaceful and harmonious sounds, filling our hearts with joy and serenity.
0: We have the eternal security of heaven. John ten twenty eight says, I, ha- I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. In heaven we will experience the eternal security of God's love and care, knowing that we are safe in his hands.
1: Heaven is a place of perfection, unity, and eternal joy. How sweet it is to live with the confidence that we are citizens of heaven and that our ultimate destination is the glorious kingdom prepared for us by our loving Savior. In anticipation of the day, let us live our lives in a way that honors God and testifies to the hope that resides within us. May the prospect of heaven inspire us to share good news with Christ with others, so that they too can take part in this incredible, eternal promise with God. If you'd like to talk to me more about, about this, you can email me at glenn.dawson at twc.com or you can email me at glenn at saxymusic.com
0: God has been gracious to allow us this podcast and we are thankful for this. Even though we did not ask for money, we have had help from our audience.
1: When our songs are played, we receive a small streaming royalty of five cents. So we want to thank you for listening to our songs on one of our over 50 distributors we have worldwide.
0: As you listen to our music while you're traveling or working around the house or whatever you're doing, we trust you enjoy the music and pray it's a spiritual blessing to you. Remember you're helping keep our ministry going just by listening.
1: If you don't have a streaming service already to listen to our music phone for free, just sign into our YouTube audio channel at www.youtube.com forward slash at We Are Forgiven and listen to 160 of our songs for as long as you want to. And you can check out our video channel there, too.
0: If you already have Alexa or Echo, just say, play the music of Glenn Dawson and listen as long as you'd like for free. If you're not getting our newsletter, go to our website at glenndawsonea.com. That's G-L-E-N-N Dawson and click on newsletter. That
1: concludes our podcast for this week. We'll see you again next week. Till then, God bless you. Remember, we we love love you.
0: Bye for now.